E.T. phone home. I'm just having some brewski beers at my Mojo Dojo Casa house. Wendy, I'm home. There is no place like home. Welcome to the House of Cinema podcast. I am your host, Joe Aragon. With me today, Sydney Volpe. And in the house today, you're supposed to say polo. <laughs> <laughs> we are keeping yeah, the I month of trashuary <laughs> or dumpuary alive. I don't like dumpuary. Uh, trashuary is superior. Trash, I like trashuary as well, but we're okay. keeping that 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 word alive because we're talking about the first big theatrical release of the 2024 new year in Blumhouse's Night Swim. Before we jump into the movie, City, how are you? How is uh, 2024 treating you? It's only been six days, but uh, you ready for the new year? Yeah, I'm good. I feel like I haven't been on for a, a, a public episode in a hot minute, um, but we both saw Night Swim. I think we're both excited to talk about it and talk about some movies we're maybe a little bit more excited for for the rest of the year but 2024 is going well um i'm seeing we're both seeing the beekeeper tonight oh yeah beekeeper hive rise up hell yeah joe sent me a voice message yesterday he told me he got tickets for the beekeeper i sent him a voice message that said let's fucking go and what did you respond you're like buzz 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 I just send you a voice message back saying, bzz, 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 <laughs> keep her hive. Bzz, bzz, bzz. Yeah, that was, uh, I, uh, I love the energy. The energy is I there think we're for both excited. Uh, January just brings a completely different energy when it comes to movies. I it's love almost like, January. It's almost like I, I understand the movies are going to be bad and I embrace it. Like the expectation for them to be good is is not there for me. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I'm ready for them to be bad right like i feel like it's freeing like we kind of know what to expect and it's funny that studios kind of also knowingly do it (laughs) they're like yeah guys these are this is where we're gonna put the bad movies just so you know (laughs) but still every year i feel like i trick myself into thinking they're gonna be good and i'm not Mm -hmm. upset when they're bad but even going into night swim i was like you know what (laughs) maybe (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it'll I, be a banger. <laughs> I have been openly admitting and on record saying that I thought the premise or at least the trailers were interesting of Night Swim. So I went in with a relatively open mind and clear Same. head. I was ready to kind of enjoy it. I attended the, uh, I, I don't know if it's the world premiere or the US premiere of of Night Swim. James Wan, the goat, was there. Ugh, I'm so jealous. That made my night. That was enough for me. He's so cute. Jason Blum was there as well, and the the first time director was there as well. They were introduced mm-hmm. the film. Nice. And I was, you know, optimistic at the beginning of the screening, and then the movie started and the movie ended. <laughs> and that's a different story. But uh, we'll talk more about we're gonna talk about Night Swim. And like you said, the second half of this pod will be dedicated to talking about our top five favorite or our top five most anticipated movies of 2024. Mm-hmm. So a short conversation on Night Swim, and then we'll kind of transition to that part of the podcast. Um, I do want to shout out uh, Valerie, who came up to me at the reception of Night Swim and said she was a fan of the podcast. And then she's the one who kind of convinced me that we should do an episode on <laughs> Night Swim because it would be very funny to talk about, even if the movie wasn't maybe the greatest. And then I texted me, 
you know what? I think that's a good idea talking about Night Swim. But you know, combining it with our top five anticipated right. movies 2024 is maybe a good way to kick off 2024. Yeah, thanks, Valerie. Joe texted so, me and Claire immediately and was like, I met someone who, who knew the podcast. Yeah, that was very cute. <laughs> Anybody who, who listens, if that happens to me in real life, I immediately text Cindy and Clara out of excitement and giddiness. It's very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> but at any rate, Let's talk about Night Swim. Uh, disclaimer, there will be spoilers for Night Swim in this episode. So I'm so sorry if you are looking for a non-spoiler review. The swimming pool is haunted. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know the, the deepest, darkest secrets of the haunted pool. <laughs> you may have to skip this episode. But if you don't mind, then press on. But here's your uh, letterbox summary for Night Swim. The IMDb summary, shout out IMDb, was one sentence and it was like, <laughs> a woman is terrorized in her haunted pool. <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> but really the letterbox cool. summary is a little bit longer, a little bit more detailed. It says this, forced into early retirement by a degenerative illness, former baseball player Ray Waller moves into a new house with his wife and two children. He hopes that the backyard swimming pool will be fun for the kids and provide physical therapy for himself. However, a dark secret from the home's past soon unleashes a malevolent force which that drags the family into the depths of inescapable terror. Pretty spot okay, on. Okay, that is pretty, pretty spot, spot on. on, actually. I have some thoughts on the premise, and maybe we'll get into that in just a second. Rotten Tomato score for the Night Swim, do you know it? I literally just looked it up, so I'm looking at it, but man, it's it's even worse than I thought. <laughs> it is even worse than I thought as well. It is standing right now, the critic score, 27%, the audience score, 41%, Woof. not being well-received by either party. My first question to you, kind of jump into the night swim, there's a line that Wyatt Russell yells, the water chose him. But this is a complaint I've been seeing from a lot of uh, people who haven't even seen the movie. And the complaint or the worry is, is the premise to Night Swim too goofy for people to kind of hurdle that obstacle? A lot of the comments on my videos say like, why don't they just drain the pool? What a, a haunted pool? What a stupid concept. And it feels <laughs> like people can't get over the initial concept. And I'm curious what you think about the premise and the plot of the movie. Is it too goofy? Ooh, that is a good question. What I will say is that, yes, the concept of this film is extremely goofy, though I was surprised that they do, they are kind of aware of those, of those questions, like, why don't you just drain the pool? Why don't you just whatever, get a pool cover, whatever. They do um, do a lot of those things in the film, but that also means that they have to kind of uh, bring this entity, this concept beyond just the pool. And I think that makes it a little bit uh, ridiculous. And yeah, I think a lot of people are saying like this film doesn't embrace the goofiness of its central concept. That was my big thought coming out of the film because I don't know if you agree with this, but in kind of the first third, the first act, it felt like, especially with like some of Wyatt Russell's line deliveries, I was like, oh, it's kind of poking fun at itself. Like it feels self-aware. It feels like it kind of has like this campy tone and then it just totally loses it yeah. for the rest of the movie. And I think that's when it just can't work through those sillier aspects of the concept. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? I completely agree. I actually think that the movie did a good job addressing maybe 
people's central concern about like why don't you just drain the pool why do you keep getting in the pool mm-hmm. like wh- why are these the family just move away i think the movie actually did a good job kind of fleshing out the the reason the pool ha- is haunted the reason the pool has this draw and for those who don't know Wyatt Russell's character is diagnosed with MS and the pool has healing powers. Essentially it like begins to heal Wyatt Russell's MS. And so his like MS starts to reverse. And so he becomes like addicted to the pool. And so Mm -hmm. he's like, he's like, I need to stay in this pool. I'm getting better. I can maybe play baseball again. And I think that premise alone is actually really brilliant. Like that makes sense. Why somebody would like so fountain of youth type thing. Exactly. And it makes sense why he'd want to stay there and like kind of endanger his family. And obviously the pool starts to possess him a little bit. And so he gets, becomes corrupted. I think that that central premise is actually very interesting. It completely falls apart in his execution, though. Mm. At that point, a lot of goofy things are happening that doesn't feel like it's trying to be goofy. It, it's really trying to be maybe scary. Uh, and it's it's not. Um, it, it, I, I do think that there could have been a scary movie somewhere under the water here. And <laughs> sorry for the water puns. Under the surface. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I don't know. It, it, it's lost in its PG-13 rating. It's not very right. scary in any any capacity. Yeah. Did, 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 you, did it get you at all? Any of the jump scares or anything? Not a single one. Not a single single one. one. There was one where maybe it could have, but it was being so blatant about the fact that it was setting up a jump scare Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that it just didn't work on me. And yeah, they keep doing this with the PG-13 rating. And here, unlike Megan, there's no rumor of an uh, R-rated cut being dropped after the fact. It was funny because I I, at least if the movie's going to be silly and dumb, I would hope to be a little scared. But every jump scare is telegraphed from the moment the movie starts. And, and the, the, the mm. sucky thing is, it's in a pool. So, like, the jump scares can only be so creative. Like, you can only get pulled under the surface of the water <laughs> so many times for me to be scared anymore. And I don't know. They created, like, a whole underwater dimension. <laughs> and that was kind of cool. Like, to see it was. Like, one of the daughters, like, go underwater. And it's, like, this big, vast, like, emptiness under the under the surface. I thought that was really interesting. I was like, oh, we should play with that more. And they kind of do with Carrie Condon's character. But... Not enough. Not enough. We get like this weird like chase inside the house and Wyatt Russell becomes like possessed and the movie just becomes a a mess. It does. Mm. It feels like it completely loses sight of what it's trying to be. And we're left with like this puddle of nothingness. (laughs) Sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Did you plan these or is it just (laughs) is it just a moment of inspiration? (laughs) I just had a wave of inspiration. I don't the know water, what to tell you. The puns chose him. <laughs> <laughs> a wave um, of a fuck you. <laughs> so, uh, so we've established that the premise isn't is maybe goofy, but there was potential there. We've established that it's not very scary. Yes. I want to ask you something that I felt during the movie. Maybe you're kind of the expert in this arena. Okay. I got the vibes that it was like low tier Shyamalan. Like it wanted to be Shyamalan, but it was neither technically impressive or at at that level. Story-wise, wasn't at that level. But it felt like it was trying. There's a scene in this movie where the girl, uh, the daughter, sees her dad like about to kill his wife. 
and she like looks at the baseball bat on the on the <laughs> wall. I swear to you, it felt ripped out of signs. Dude, I had that same exact thought. And I, I, what the swimming pool obviously makes you think of Lady in the Water if you're familiar mm-hmm, with that mm-hmm. film. Yeah, I hate to compare it to Shyamalan because you know I love Shyamalan. But, and mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't doubt that they were inspired by him in a couple of different ways because it is kind of this like played straight concept that is a little goofy at its center. Something that I think Shyamalan does very well. Not everyone agrees with me. But oh, yeah. It totally reminded me of his films a couple of times. But I think there are a couple things at the root of this film that are really interesting. The, one of them being that this um, originally was a short film. I don't know mm-hmm. if you did you watch the short film? I believe I have. I believe I have. And the short film is pretty cool. I mean, it worked really well it for a short cool. film. It is cool. It's liter- it's only four minutes long and it is really cool. It's based it's literally just like a girl in a pool and you get like that that one moment of, you know, she's she's under the water and she looks up and it's, you know, it, her vision is obscured and she sees like a figure. She thinks it's someone who lives with her, uh, which is made clear and she puts her head out of the water. She's like, "Oh, you're home already, but there's no one there." And then this like ghost person walks out of the woods. This short film is genuinely creepy. Mm. And we've talked a lot, especially on house of horrors on the Patreon about uh, the importance of like mystery in horror and making that decision of leaving something ambiguous. And this just feels to me like something that they were struggling to create a feature length film, you know, it does. like it once does. you're trying to come up with like a backstory for something that was creepy because you didn't know the backstory, I think you're kind of in trouble. And then you come up with, you know, why Russell's character is like a baseball player and there's like all this other different crap going on. It can be fun, but I don't think this movie is having enough fun with itself and that was the other thought that i had coming out of it so i was like oh my god this would have been so great as like a 90s style horror comedy i thought of both uh arachnophobia and the Mm. burbs the burbs is pg and arachnophobia is pg-13 but i think both of them have like genuinely creepy aspects to them i agree but they're also just like well-made films that don't feel like i mean this movie just feels like a generic like conveyor belt Blumhouse film and it's kind of a bummer because the concept is unique I mean I've never seen a fucking haunted swimming pool pool. (laughs) (laughs) so yeah do you have thoughts on that like do you think it would have worked as a horror comedy or was it just doomed from the start because they were trying to stretch it to something it was never meant to be that's a really good point I really don't know if there's an answer to that I do think that basing your movie off a short film can either go one or two ways. Mm-hmm. If that short film is the result of, you know, budgetary reasons, hey, we want to do a feature film, but we're doing a short film instead, then clearly the idea for a feature film is is built in already. And so right. expanding it makes sense. If that short film was made solely to be a short film and solely with the, the intention of being a, a short film, it, it does feel like this movie is trying to stretch 90 minutes out of an idea that was really smart for you know the the six minute short film Mm. because you do get a lot of just distractions things trying to keep things going where you're wondering why you're spending so much time with this character or with this subplot or the storyline it is 
it doesn't work in this movie. I don't because I'm hesitant to say it never works. So clearly, there are longer films based on short films that do work. It doesn't work for this one. And you mentioned something about, well, maybe it would be better if it was a horror comedy and they actually kind of made it a horror comedy. This movie is unintentionally very, very funny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm curious how your audience reacted to a lot of the scenes because I was at the premiere and people were laughing a lot. <laughs> and I, I almost felt bad. But I mean, not one person was laughing. It was like many, many people laughing at many, many scenes. There were definitely times, especially with some of Y Russell's line deliveries. Um, and I do think that a couple times it was meant to be funny. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. But sometimes it definitely wasn't, and people found it funny. Dude, I think people booed when <gasps> my screening ended. Oh no. oh, no. Like a couple people. I did find myself laughing at parts I'm almost positive were not intended uh-huh. to be funny. There was a scene in this movie where Wyatt Russell's character is trying to teach like baseball to a bunch of high schoolers or middle schoolers. <laughs> He's like coaching them and stuff. And then the coach of the team goes like, hey, you want to hit a couple balls? And I was like, do you just ask the guy with MS if he wants to hit a couple of baseballs right now? <laughs> because then well, Wyatt Russell tries at the baseball and he like falls down. Everybody's like, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, oh my God, why Why is this a part of the movie right now? Um, but then but he, he, not, he hits it so hard that he tears the stitches apart <laughs> on the baseball. And he's like looks down at himself he's like what's going on <laughs> i also think that i kind of chuckled at the moment where because the whole concept is that it is like this fountain of youth but whoever gets the powers like someone else has to be sacrificed has like like mm-hmm. a life for life and his son like carrie condon soul for soul. I, yes and i liked carrie condon in this i honestly thought the family was like pretty charming yeah but yeah. The son, Carrie Condon, rescues the son from this, like, water dimension. <laughs> and then Wyatt Russell is just, like, not possessed anymore. And he realizes he has to, like, sacrifice himself <laughs> to save his son. And I don't know why it was funny to me that he's, like, walking into the pool, just, like, killing himself. And his whole family just, like, doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to revive the son, yes, but then he's like, okay. And they're all just like, oh, what's dad doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then yep. he's like, dead. <laughs> <laughs> and then to kind of add to that, the very end of this movie is like the son, the mom, and the daughter are staring at the swimming pool that's been drained now, everybody. Don't worry. They eventually do drain the pool. Yes, they do. They fill it up, actually. Well, that's where I'm going with this is that they say, like, well, should we move? And the, and the girl's like, no. Then it'll happen to somebody else and it'll keep happening forever. <laughs> and then someone's like, dad wouldn't want that. And it kind of just like the camera is them. The stays on them and it kind of zoom out and you see them filling the pool up. I'm like, well, you can move now. They're, they're, they're <laughs> filling the pool up. But someone might dig the pool up again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that was the thing is that it's not the pool. It's the water. It's the water. It was like the natural spring. And that's why. That's why I laughed so hard at this movie. But what's up with like. Okay. So the other thing that bothered me is that I was like, oh, brother, they're going with the like, let's do some investigation and see like who lived here last and go ask them questions. And Carrie Condon finds the woman who lived at the house last whose daughter like mysteriously drowned. And the water. At her at her house, like became haunted. 
And I'm like, I get that, like, she, like, Carrie Condon drained the pool and that water is haunted. And it's, like, in their house and stuff. But how is all water haunted? I I don't have an answer for you on (laughs) that one. I'm asking too many questions. (laughs) (laughs) You're asking a lot of questions I don't have the answer to. I did laugh, again, very hard when Carrie Condon's doing, like, her research on everybody who's owned that pool. She's, like, going through, like, the records, circling all the missing people. There's a moment where she, like, circles, like, the picture of some pilgrims. (laughs) (laughs) Some, like Quakers, I was like, "Oh, so the Quakers are using the pool too." Fucking, uh, the kid from Talk Everlasting. Because <laughs> then, when she's in like the pool dimension, all the victims of the pool like start like pulling her down, and a couple of them are like Quakers, fucking, like poor unfortunate souls. Ass, like, help us. <laughs> this is a good segue too. Is this the consequence of not giving Carrie Condon an Oscar? Yes. <laughs> shocked that not only she's in it but i'm like kurt russell help your son out bro (laughs) is this the best we can be doing um i i guess so i guess (sighs) i mean they're doing the the godzilla show together which is getting positive oh that's nice but i can't think of the last thing why russell's done i know he's in the mcu now which i was just watching um everybody wants some was he in that one too i forget he is in that um, how are you feeling about Thunderbolts, the new MCU movie, aka Suicide Squad? Um, I'm not feeling. It's actually on my top five. Oh, is it? Wow. <laughs> no. Spoiler alert for the future. I'm not feeling much of anything. Okay. Are you excited? No, no, I don't care. I don't care at all. <laughs> I do not care at all. Um, Blumhouse January tradition. We're getting a, a Blumhouse horror every January. It feels like last year was Megan, which was a good time at least. Right. Well, this year we're getting Night Swim. Next year, who knows? It'll be maybe Night Swim too. But I guess my question to you is: uh, Blumhouse now has this like reputation. Obviously, the, the horror studio putting out. Um, I don't want to say bangers, but I don't want to say stinkers either. Maybe mm. lukewarmers. I'm not really sure what you want to call Fair. them. What's uh, what's the plan here for Blumhouse? So they they've just combined with Atomic Monster, James Wan's right. company. So they have now merged into one super studio. What do you want to see from Blumhouse for, in the future? Oh, I don't know. I do feel like there haven't been a, there hasn't been a lot from Blumhouse that I'm super interested in lately. Mm-hmm. But. I don't know. I am optimistic about them merging with Atomic Monster. Do you have like specific ideas for what you would want to see? Like, I feel like Blumhouse is like the popcorn horror studio, you know? It's so strange because they seem to be like this. This amalgamation of the popcorn horror because they'll they'll put out movies like Night Swim. They'll put out movies like Truth or Dare, a bunch of like really low tier low effort horror movies but then they'll really put a lot of energy into halloween or they'll put a lot of energy mm. into like the the big movies i'm not sure if five nights at freddy's counts but it's a movie that did obviously very very well in a weird way i do see blumhouse as like the horror equivalent to a24 and hear me out on this really hear me out on this the the comparison here is that they put out movies but they'll be very picky with the specific movie they want to really put their energy in to promote, to market, to to get people excited for. And once they pick their two or three movies for the year, the rest of the movies that come out, it's just like 
throwing them to the wolves, you know, sink or swim, if you want to use another water pun. <laughs> it, it, it feels like if they if you're not one of the three movies Blumhouse has chosen as a movie they want to really put their energy in, good luck being good and good luck getting uh, attention. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. No, that's fair. I mean, is that just a a, a result of the movie industry in general being so oversaturated like why are they putting out so many movies i mean you think of all like the netflix films that you're like how the hell are there so many like netflix original movies mm. where are they getting the money from this why is there no, there are no marketing why are they even making it okay so here's a list of 2024 blumhouse movies coming out this year okay besides night swim oh i feel like i'm gonna be shocked imaginary which uh-huh. is that one we're getting a lot of trailers for right now this feels like a movie they're not really caring about, but hey, I could be wrong. Speak No Evil, the remake with James McAvoy. Oh, is that already coming out this year? August okay. of 2024. Okay. August 2024. And the last one, October 25th, Lee Wanell's Wolfman. Yeah, so that's what I want to see from Blumhouse. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they do produce like random. I feel like, but I feel like the ones that are good, you don't feel like are like Blumhouse movies, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel like we associate the Blumhouse name with their bad movies, Mm. which is maybe not great for them. Well, let's look at their last couple movies. They did Five Nights at Freddy's, which was obviously a hit with that specific audience, but critically panned. Exorcist Believer. Which, mm. yikes, wolf. <laughs> totally killer. They yeah, had some okay. hands on, which, you know, had a decent reception. Insidious, the red door. Not very good. Wasn't a fan. Uh, Unseen. I didn't see that movie. I don't know what that is. There's something wrong with the children. Didn't see that movie, mm. but I heard Wasn't decent great. things. Okay. Sick, which I actually really like Sick. Oh, uh, Sick was okay. Uh, and then Megan was kind of their 2023 slate. So, like... Not consistent at all. They're all over the place. They're kind of bouncing well, but around though, from like but this good is to what bad. I'm saying. Like they, but they're attached to so many movies that you wouldn't think. I mean, so many Shyamalan movies, Get Out, but like you yeah. don't think of Get Out as a Blumhouse movie. True, but I, I mean, feel like most Get people Out don't even was, know that. Get Out was when? Get Out was back in 2017. Yeah, 2017. Yeah, We're in a different era of Blumhouse. I You're think just Blumhouse, saying like recently. I just think Blumhouse has now fully transitioned to like we're sticking in the pure horror, like maybe some thriller, but they are sticking with like classic traditional horror. I don't think they're going to venture out into taking risks like Get Out or taking. I mean, they they also did Whiplash. They did so Prey. Like, yeah, they, they did do, do Whiplash. Wow, crazy, but they did Whiplash maybe it's in 2014. A movie called Prey. So, like, I don't think they'll be going that direction anymore. I think from here on out, we're going to be seeing the Night Swims, the Megans, the Imaginaries. And then maybe we'll get, like, a Speak No Evil remake, which I don't think will be very good, but I could be wrong. I don't either. And, yeah, this Prey, uh, this is not the Prey I was thinking of. Oh, okay, it is yeah. a movie that has very bad ratings. It's also <laughs> called Prey. <laughs> but Damn. Wolfman might be their, like, one shining star this year, which I'm, you know, I'm really very That's hopeful what, for. That's what, spoiler alert. It's that on your one list? actually is on my list. There we go. Well, is, is it on your but list because of Blumhouse? Or is it on sad. your list because of Lee Wanell? 
because of Lee Winnell and Christopher Abbott and just because I and like Julia Garner werewolf things. Yes. <laughs> well, now Ugh. I'm wondering is like maybe Blumhouse and, and I'm glad they're giving these uh, smaller directors, first time directors a chance because the director of Night Swim, this is the first time for him, Bryce McGuire. So shout out to him for the Night Swim. Um <laughs> But they do give a lot of uh, smaller directors their first kind of chance, and that's always good. Yeah, that's always a really good this thing. This is true. Well, because sometimes you get like a sneaky hit, like Smile was yeah, a similar yeah. thing. Now we're getting Smile too. I mean, people like really smile liked too. Smile. They did like the black phone mm-hmm, that people mm-hmm. liked a lot. But yeah, we're not getting any like. But they're all you know just kind of these like popcorn horror flicks. We're not getting yeah like a Get Out from Blumhouse anymore. I feel like no, no, no. And I don't think but we'll ever get to that now. point. Maybe it is Wolfman. Maybe it is Wolfman. I have Fingers hopes crossed. for Wolfman. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Um, my last question to you, kind of the overarching question of the episode, a feeling that I immediately felt while I walked out of that theater, freezing cold, by the way, because in LA it's like 50 degrees at nighttime. <laughs> my hands can't handle it. I'm like uh-huh. shivering. Uh-huh. Anyways, have we reached this point where Hollywood has no idea how to make a PG-13 movie anymore. I do feel like there's this sort of like sanitary vibe to things now. Like, you know, we think about the movies we grow up with and we're like, man, we were like traumatized by so many movies growing up. Mm -hmm. But I feel like there also was that transition to um, like different restrictions for PG-13 movies. I think they used to be more lax. And that's why we get, you know, like the Spielberg Indiana Jones films. People are like, whoa, there's like some stuff in those that are that's like pretty, pretty bleak mm-hmm. for a kid's movie. But yeah, I think we don't really because I feel like when you think of like, oh, this should be R, it's like gore and swearing and sex. But things can be scary without those things. And I mm-hmm. do or or disturbing or challenging. And I do feel like Hollywood doesn't know how to do that anymore i do think that that's a problem i i also think it's a problem i'm trying to think of the last pg-13 movie horror movie specifically not just you know any genre specifically for horror that was a scary and b good and i i can't think of the last time we got that you know and i look back at like horror in like the 2000s i mean like the ring is a movie that is we talked Mm. about on the patreon but a movie that we've rewatched very recently that I think is a pretty scary still. I mean, at terrifying. Least, yeah, at least intense, at least stressful, <clears throat> and B good. And I'm, I I don't know if that combination of PG thirteen horror exists anymore. The Sixth Sense. I mean, yeah, but that's a nineteen ninety nine. Like, wh- yeah. what are we doing here? The last so we talk about Megan was PG thirteen. Yeah, it's a fun time, but it is not scary or anything like that. Nor is it trying to be. I know its its intention is a little bit different. Um, the Black Phone is not PG thirteen, by the way. That is R. Mm. Um, all the Halloween movies are rated R. The Boogeyman that was PG thirteen. Yeah, oh, that was not very good. But I feel like it's because. <sighs> I know. Why is that? But I feel like all these horror movies that are PG-13 that we're saying are bad are like, they just feel factory made. It feels like a formula. Like, I feel like Blumhouse isn't the A24 of horror. I feel like it's like the Marvel of horror. That's 
probably the more accurate statement there. That is probably the more accurate statement. You know, it feels like, you know, the boogeyman, Night Swim. I mean, Night Swim, it's such a unique concept. And then you're watching certain moments like the like the investigation piece and stuff like that. And, and you know, when the dad gets possessed and the daughter is in the house and he's like popping out of nowhere. It's like, man, I feel like I've seen this a billion times. You, we really in different have. Horror movies. How do they all feel the same when the concepts are so different? I, I, but I have to like say, I, I feel like if the R rating is there, those scenes get exponentially more intense. They yeah. get exponentially more exciting. There's a scene in this movie where she runs back in the house, slips on water, and like falls on a piece of glass. Mm. And it was the one part of the movie I was like, ooh. Yeah, the whole my been, whole theater was like, whoa. <laughs> that could have been good. That could have been cringy and scary. And like, it's not. I mean, the one moment kind of gets a reaction out of you, but it's it's far from like terrifying. It's a three second scene that kind of moves on pretty quickly. Yeah. But you think of a movie like a similar instance. I always think of Ready or Not when she has to stick her hand through the nail to like get up mm. from that pit. Very, very hard R? to watch. Had that to was hard been. R. Yeah, hard R. Yeah, very hard. Here are the movies in 2023 that were PG-13 <laughs> horror movies. You ready? Mm-hmm. Knock at the Cabin. Oh, all right. <sighs> but that wasn't like though. meant to be. I wouldn't even call that a full out horror film. I'd I wouldn't either. Thriller. I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. So fair. This is probably the one exception to kind of the statement I'm making. The Scream series. PG-13 oh, series. Really? All of them are PG-13. Huh. I'm almost positive Scream 6 was PG-13. Oh, no. Scream 6 was R. Oh, shit. See? Scream 6 was R? Maybe they should just be R. I think that the oh, PG-13. Shit. I didn't know that. I think the PG-13 movie horror movies are bad because, I mean, is it just studio interference like is it movies that were probably conceptualized as being r and the studio goes no i mean horror movies are such money makers because they're often made for not that much and is it just the studio kind of muting the film that's that's what it feels like it feels like the studio i, yeah. I don't think 99 percent of the time i do not think it's people involved actually making this movie if you give james wan freedom to make a horror movie he's not gonna do pg-13 oh, and yeah. if he wanted to do pg-13 i think he could do it but it's nine times out of ten it's the studio saying let's tone it down let's reel it back let's make it pg-13 because that'll get more butts in the seat right we want parents to feel like they can take their the kids to go watch or it. send them to go see it yeah okay so scream sixes are i'm looking at this list Insidious the Red Door, PG-13. Not very good. That, should, that movie should not be PG-13. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be at all. The Boogeyman, PG-13. Not very good. Not very good. Um, Renfield? That oh. was R. Oh, I was going to say. That was R. That movie was so bloody. It was all fake, but... I know. <laughs> Five Nights at Freddy's? PG-13. Pet Cemetery Bloodlines? PG-13? I, I assume it was that bad. I assume it was. <laughs> that one was R. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and it was still bad. But Stephen King adaptations is a whole other epidemic. <laughs> yeah. The Nun 2, that was uh, that was R. You know that what? And it was good, too. It was fine. <laughs> Cocaine Bear, also R. Okay. So like, not only are we getting 
I just feels like <laughs> I don't know. It just feels like PG thirteen movies. We've lost our ways. Like we do not. It seems like either studios aren't allowing their creatives to make a good PG thirteen movie, or we just don't know how to do it anymore because clearly it's not working out. Yeah, I agree. But in like the the R rated movies, even if they aren't very good, they at least have more. more uh, there's a little more fun to be had because mm-hmm. they feel they don't feel as uh, suppressed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, let's uh, let's wrap up our conversation on Night Swim. We've we've kind of talked ad nauseum about this movie's inability to be a scary and be good. Mm-hmm. Um, final rating on Night Swim for you. I gave it two out of five stars. I also gave it a I've... two out of five stars. That's right. So that's the Night Swim. Should you go watch it? It's totally up to you. Nothing else <laughs> is out in theaters right now. So. You know, I, but I tweeted maybe like save your money, the beekeeper and, and mean girls double feature. There you go. I did tweet saying, look, if you want to look at your money out of your A list and support small or first time filmmakers, sure. Yeah. Maybe go see it. If you have some time, you got, you got 90 minutes, 100 minutes spent on a spare on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Sure. Go for it. Um, not a movie that I would be personally rushing to go watch, though. Yeah. January so. is in full swing. January is truly in full swing. Uh, <laughs> on that note, let's talk about 2024. You and I have both listed our five movies we're most excited for for the rest of the year. I assume we're going to have some overlap. It's, you know, we, we share similar tastes, and mm-hmm. there are some movies that are undeniably going to be very, very good and very exciting. Uh, we won't spend a whole bunch of time kind of deep diving in why we're excited. But we'll, we will talk about them each briefly. Uh, you go ahead and go first. You, you start us off, Sydney. Where are we, where are we going first? Um, well, should we kind of count down or should we start with our number one? We both have the same number one. <laughs> um, I didn't. I did not rank mine. Oh, uh, yours isn't ranked. No, I just chose five. Mm. But I can rank them very quickly for being honest. Okay. What would be your number one? If I'm choosing my most anticipated movie of the year, I would probably go Bong Joon-ho's Mickey 17. Oh, that does not surprise me. That was on my list. Uh, It is on your list. Yeah, I mean, we're talking talking about Bong Joon-ho. His his first follow-up film since Parasite, uh, the phenomenon that was Parasite. Um, Robert Pattinson's in it. Mark Ruffalo's in it. Steven Yeun's in it. Tony Collette's in it. It's insane. I mean, it's a science fiction movie. It's really just screaming Joe in every aspect possible. <laughs> I, I'm trying really hard not to like get in this mindset where like I love it no matter what. I obviously I obviously want to love it. But following up Parasite's gonna be tough. But I believe in Bong Joon-ho as a creative, as a mm-hmm. director, as a writer. I mean, really, what else can I say? It's Mickey 17. Do you know anything about the story, by the way? No, I don't. Neither Actually. do I. I'm going to try to read it before before the movie comes out. But um, you want to add anything to that to Mickey 17? I mean, I'm also excited. I love sci-fi. And I love when Bong Joon-ho does sci-fi. I think he's really skilled in it. You know mm-hmm. how much I love Snowpiercer. Hell um, yeah. I mean, the cast is just insane. And it's soon, dude. We don't even have to wait that long. I was going to ask you, is it weird that it comes out in March and it's currently January 6th of the day of the And recording. we've gotten like that one image. <laughs> one image and like a 30 second, not 30 second, like a 15 second teaser. Not much to really work with. It, it, nothing. When Are you afraid this comes out not in March? Um, 
Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, because March is – I get March and May confused, but March is literally two months away. <laughs> I get time confused. Um, yeah, we're talking like 90 days away until this movie gets released. They've got time. They've got time. There were yeah, strikes. But, Let them cook. You're right. You're right. I'm just nervous. I'm just nervous. I'm just – I could see like in the next week or so, Mickey 17 delayed till like July or June. I could see that happening. It wouldn't – be the worst thing in the world. But yeah, I don't think it's impossible. Okay. We'll see. Um, that's my number one. What's your number? What's your number one? My number one, also a March release, is Dune Part 2. Of it's course. so strange because Dune 2 is obviously a 2024 release, but in my brain, I'm like, it came out in 20, it should have come out in 2023. I'm just, I'm still like, not, I know. Uh, and I'm now it's like a unicorn. It it's like, we didn't get it when we were so excited to. Just forget it. Just forget it. Exactly. <laughs> just never release it. That's kind of how I feel, but obviously it's on my list as well. It's, it's Dune 2, man. It's going to gonna rock our worlds. Is there any I'm world so where excited. it doesn't just melt our faces? No. Like, it's one of those things where I feel like everyone just fully trusts Denis Villeneuve with this and mm -hmm. his style, his approach to the aesthetic and his understanding of the themes of Dune and just how great the casting is, everything we've seen from the trailers. I truly think there is no, there is not even a 0.001% chance the movie is bad. <laughs> Maybe if uh, you didn't like the first one, you won't like the second one. But he just enough. has such a, such an insane vision for these and it seems like he has a, an insane understanding and like a grip yes. on the story yes that it feels like it can't go in the wrong direction it, it clearly he knows what he wants and he knows where he wants to take this and right. it, it feels like a franchise with a direction and so i agree the 0.001 percent is very real i'm like I, there's no way i walk out of this not smiling ear to ear in imax I avoided the second trailer for a long oh. time. And then I saw a movie in IMAX recently and they played the Dune 2 trailer. And I had never really? seen it. Bro, dude, I was like, I want to stand up and start clapping. I was so <laughs> excited. <laughs> oh, fuck. I always skip the trailer. Like, I go late enough that I don't have to watch, like, the Argyle trailer more times than I already have. <laughs> but if they're playing the Dune trailer, I'll have to. Maybe ahead of the Beekeeper, I'll see if I get the Dune trailer. Oh, dude. In IMAX, the Dune 2 trailer yeah. is life changing Ugh. my soul was ascending when the worms were coming out of the dunes and there's yeah. like multiple sandworms and like looming in the distance there's gonna be some worm riding and we heard that he will be adapting dune messiah the second book so i mean we're we are officially in the year of dune part two mm -hmm. for real this time i do feel like you know i had to kind of go through the stages of grief learning it got delayed and now my excitement has to like recharge mm-hmm but less than two months, dude. Less than two months. It's Perfect. Be epic. Uh, what's your number two pick? My number two pick, maybe you can guess it, is M. Night Shyamalan's Trap. Trap. Trap, trap, trap. Do we know anything about Trap in terms plot-wise? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm really, like, interested in knowing it until we start getting like official stuff but no i haven't seen i don't think a synopsis is available or anything okay uh so your reason for being excited for trapped is what i love m night Shyamalan. there we go um, that's, <laughs> that's literally it it was written by him 
Um, his last film was an adaptation, which is not super common for him. So I'm excited to see another thing because I click the most with things that he's written himself. I agree. Um, Josh Hartnett, The Renaissance is happening. Oh, it is He is happening. in it, and I love him. Okay. Are you excited for this? Yes. Knowing Shyamalan has written it is right. exciting me tenfold. I think that his adaptation work is sometimes his weakest work. Yeah. I think that's why I really don't gel with Knock the Cabin as much anymore because I read the adaptation or the book, the source material, mm. and I don't love it as an adaptation. And so when he does do his original work, I, I am a hundred times more excited. Yeah. So I, I am excited for Trap. It's not on my five, but I am excited. Shyamalan, we've talked a lot about on this podcast, is somebody who is um, unfairly maligned in like mm. the general audience's eye, but I think has now in, you know, in movie circles and smaller film circles, he does is get the respect he kind of deserves. So I yeah. hope that Trapped uh, is a good and I really hope that people are excited about it because uh, we are here. Yeah. I mean, the ultimate irony with M. Night Shyamalan is that so many people shit on his movies, but they make so much money. I mean, everyone's still going to see them. Yeah, you know, are. And he's yeah, one of those are. filmmakers where you're always going to be in the theater because you just want to see what he made, whether you yep. like it or not. And I will mention this isn't on my list, but I will mention that his daughter, um, Ishana Shyamalan, is directing her first film this year as well called The Watchers. Um, it's coming out in June. So her movie is actually coming out before his movie is. And I'm excited to see kind of what she has in store for us. Cause she directed uh, a couple episodes in his show servant. Uh, oh, interesting. And I, I think that. she's super talented. So yeah, I'm excited for that. Very cool. I know Nepo I'm excited baby for her, uh, her, her directorial debut. I know a Nepo baby moment, but <laughs> if it's a Shyamalan, that's fine with me. I'm cool with it. Yeah. All right. What did, what did you have? What so else? I have Mickey 17. I had Dune two, uh, a third movie I have here. I have some boring picks, but you know what? It's not boring. I had to pick the movies that are, are exciting. The, yeah. you know, they're big, but Speak whatever. Speak your truth. Furiosa, a Mad Hell Max story. Yeah. I just watched Mad Max Fury Road in theaters. For... Yeah, okay. I didn't know. So Joe sent me a screenshot of Speed Racer. Yeah. And I thought you just kind of were say, doing that out of the blue. I didn't realize you had a double feature in theaters with Mad Max and Speed Racer. Yeah, my soul ascended. That sounds like I ascending Valhalla. worthy. <laughs> I just, it's, it sounds like, it feels like every night because you live in LA. You're like, oh, by the way, um, I'm seeing one of the greatest movies uh, of all time. They're screening it for me personally in this movie theater that they just built in my neighborhood. I'm seeing I mean, there's always week. something cool going on. <laughs> um, Wait, really? I am, I swear. I'm oh, seeing Christ, next week. <laughs> theaters yeah it's um you know living in la has its perks and uh, the new bev <laughs> did a double feature of mad max fear road and speed racer that's insane taste it, i mean they just get it they do they do just get it and i was not skeptical of the movies but i was like skeptical of the double feature pairing but wow they pair really well together i feel like it's just face melting I it's a almost, face melting combination uh, i don't want to like i think mad max fear road is a brilliant piece of work so good but like, I almost think I like Speed Racer a little bit more in this <gasps> context. Whoa, hard to say. Hard, hard to. It, they're they're different movies, but they're the mm -hmm, same. Mm -hmm. It's hard to say. But Speed Racer played really well in front of that crowd, 
and it was so fun to watch yeah. on on screen again. Mad Max Fury Road, uh, shocking news to everybody. It's still, I think, perfect so as an action movie. It is, oh, it is still really, really cool. So, Furiosa, you know, George Miller is back at the helm. I have, I have no worries about Furiosa. I know mm. there were some like discussions about the way it looks from, I don't know, the uneducated. Yeah, on were Twitter. you part of that? <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, there's your <laughs> there's your take on it. Because I also said that I was like, okay, well, let's look at the context here. The first movie came out what over a decade ago, twenty about about a decade ago, almost a decade ago, whatever, yeah. almost a decade ago. So yeah, maybe the effects will look a little different. But I I thought I mean I would even compare this to what Denis has done with Dune. I mean, they felt so aesthetically in line with each other, mm-hmm. this one in the first movie. But also, it's a prequel. Uh, there have been so many different variations of Mad Max throughout the years. Why do they have to look exactly the same? I don't know. And the effects in the first Mad Max were occasionally a little, a little wonky. It's supposed to have this kind of like heightened feel yes. to it. You know? Yeah, I think that people forget that Mad Max Fury Road was uh, also supposed to be in 3D. So we were watching this movie. Oh. There are moments in this movie where like the steering wheel will fly towards the screen. Yeah, like, right. Like it looks a little cheesy. It looks a little corny, but like that was kind of that era. And I, I honestly, I think it's more insulting to George Miller, a, a person who is clearly a genius and knows what he's doing, <laughs> to assume like he's putting in this like zany visual effects because he doesn't know how CGI works or doesn't know how to make... A, a good scene or, or make it look good. I think all of this is very intentional. I think he is is clearly kind of experimenting with different ways of creating an action movie that separates itself from Mad Max right. Road. And I'm all in for it. You know, Matt, uh, George Miller knows what he's doing. I trust the guy. I am. I'm in. Dude, I'm in. Yeah, I'm very in. I mean, the cast also Anya Taylor Joy, Chris Hemsworth. I love Chris Hemsworth, and I think he's going to be cool. As I like- think so too. As like a younger Immortan Joe. Immortan Joe, yeah. And we, like, even still in this day and age, we don't get many female-led action movies. So I'm excited that they're telling, like, the Furiosa story. Yes, And I think that's going to be really cool to see. I mean, I it, it is on my list. It was not in my top five. I made, like, a slightly longer list just so I have some other things I was excited for on mm-hmm. hand. But I'm very excited. And I think the trailer was, like, epic. Perfect. It made me cry a little. Like, I oh. teared up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're excited for Furiosa then. Your fourth or third pick? What are we on here? Um, third, my third. third so I had Dune, Trap, and my third was Wolfman. Wolfman, Lee Wanell. Is there any reason you're excited for this besides the fact that Lee Wanell and Chris Abbott are making a Wolfman movie? Um, is there any is other there reason? Any you need? other reason? <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> that's kind of the fucking whole thing. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what's so great about it. I mean. I feel like we are entering, and I will say, I don't know if you have Nosferatu on your list, I forget, but I don't know if you'd be disappointed that Nosferatu is not on my top five, but I would like Mm. to kind of conflate them because we are, I really, I keep saying this, I'm like, man, I want a renaissance of like classic monster movies so bad. I feel like we're entering it, and I just hope that it goes well. Yeah. Um, because I do have a love for werewolf movies. Um, yeah. We just don't have that many of them and we don't get them anymore. And I just really hope this is going to be good. I mean, Lee Winnell, 
He doesn't get a lot of appreciation because he's done like a lot of writing, especially for James Wan. But I mean, The Invisible Man was so good. And I think he's clearly very good at bringing these stories into a modern context. So, yeah, man, I'm just super. And and no offense to Ryan Gosling. I was so (laughs) excited when he got recast. (laughs) (laughs) That was like the best news ever. I was going to say, is it possible for them to have chosen any better person than Christopher Abbott because it no. feels like they found the right person. I, I don't know if there's a, a single actor I can think of that would be better fit to play the Wolfman than Christopher Abbott. I think he's going to be so perfect. I mean, we've seen that he has the juice, but I feel like yeah. he hasn't re- quite reached the level of star power where it would be distracting. I mean, I think mm. it's perfect. I agree. And it was confirmed that Julia Garner is going to be in the movie yes, like two days ago. Yes, that's also very – I, great, I, I great, love great. that. So yeah. it's like sometimes like people you wouldn't expect and then you see them get cast and you're like, oh. Fuck yeah. Are yeah. they cooking? <laughs> that's uh, like – Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited. Whatever Lee Wanell touches, I will likely try to watch in but, a heartbeat. Yes. But here's what I'll say is that what's tricky about stuff like this in modern films is that what – I think a lot of people love about an American werewolf in London is like that 80s uh, vibe and especially the practical effects. Mm -hmm. The transformation scene is obviously one of the greatest transformation scenes and displays of practical effects ever. I hope that's here. I, I don't know. I feel like it's hard to actually capture what's so great about it in those older movies, but I hope they do use practical effects. If there's one thing about the Wolfman that is probably the most iconic aspect of it, it's going to be the transformation scene. I, I assume Wanell is very aware of that, and I'm mm-hmm. sure that when he's making this movie, a lot of effort and time will be put into the transformation scene. It, it, it's too iconic to fuck up. Yes. Careful. Well, <laughs> it might be I mean, so iconic that you can only fuck it up. <laughs> true, true, true. I don't know. I, I'm hoping that because of its iconicness, its level of iconic, uh, that they will spend the right time to kind of make it his own, uh, mm. his own level of iconic. So, we'll yeah. See. I'm very optimistic. And it's coming out October 25th as of now. So it'll be a fun Halloween release. Oh, it'll be. Oh. Can't wait. The vibes. The vibes. Uh, All right. (laughs) Uh, I do have Nosferatu on my list. Okay. I mean, we've kind of talked about this. Tell us about that. (laughs) Renaissance of horror movies and classic monster movies. Nosferatu. I don't want to spend too much time talking about, but it's, we're talking like perfect fits, Christopher Abbott and Wolfman. I don't know if there's a director more fitted for Nosferatu than Robert Eggers. Um, and that is enough for me to be excited. But the cast, you know, Willem Dafoe and uh, why? Oh, Bill Skarsgård. Yeah, Lily Rose Depp. Lily Rose Depp. And that was supposed to be Anya Taylor-Joy, right? That was supposed to be Anya Taylor-Joy. And unfortunately, I think scheduling conflicts prevent her mm. from being in it. But I think Lily Rose Depp is talented enough to, to kind of take over that mantle. Um, and, you know, I don't know. You know, it's, it's Eggers and Nosferatu. I think that this will work. I think the the that's the right person to do it. It's an iconic character, but I I'm I'm very very excited for it. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think yeah, Lily Rose Up is a good replacement because people talk a lot about you know in period pieces like that person looks like they know what an iPhone is. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. I feel like everyone who's cast in this movie fits very well into like a gothic yes. period piece. I agree completely. So that is. That's Christmas Day of 2024, everybody. Woof, ho, ho, woof. ho. We'll be watching Nosferatu. <laughs> What's your uh, fourth pick? 
Uh, my fourth pick was Mickey 17. Okay. And your fifth pick? Um, I put something personal as my fifth pick. I will mention a couple others I'm excited for, but my fifth pick was... No, maybe I'll replace it. My fifth pick was Lisa Frankenstein. Whoa, which comes out like next month? Yes. And I know that's why I'm like, well, it's a February release. Is it going to be bad? Mm. But Lisa Frankenstein, I'm excited because it was written by Diablo Cody. Yes, it is. Who wrote Jennifer's Body. And we just Mm -hmm. covered Jennifer's Body on the Patreon for House of Horrors. I love that movie. And it's also being directed by um, Zelda Williams, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just looks super cute and funny and charming. Yeah. I, I don't have it on my list. I think your reasoning, though, are very valid. Diablo Cody has always been an excellent writer, someone who I really gravitate towards. I think this is Zelda Williams' directorial debut. I could be wrong. I'm not really familiar with her work if she, it's not. Um, but she is the daughter of Robin Williams, which is something to note. Um, mm. I I think from the trailers, it looks good. Interesting. I'll watch it with an open mind. I don't know where I'm kind of sitting with it right now, though. Yeah. I mean, well, it could be bad or it could be just okay. I just think it sounds like a really cool project. And I'm like weirdly very excited for it. Okay. Cool. So we'll see. What was your number four? Uh, my number five, actually, could last one year. I'm going with Love Lies Bleeding as my number five. Nice. Pick. I think that the trailer really sold me on this. I mean, I was already excited because Kristen Stewart and Rose Glass, that combo is in itself very exciting. I'm a yeah. big fan of St. Maud. I thought St. Maud was really awesome. And I'm obviously a huge fan of Kristen Stewart. So Love Lies Bleeding kind of just slides perfectly into everything I love. My favorite genres and niches. Mm -hmm. The kind of pseudo thriller, crime movie, drama. I don't know, man. I think it looks pretty fucking awesome. Sundance, baby. I will be seeing it at Sundance and uh, reporting back to everyone ASAP. We both will, soon actually. we'll be able to report back about be. it in like a couple of weeks. In a couple of weeks. Well, stay it's crazy tuned. Stay about. tuned. Yeah, so that's a good choice. The, the five off the top of my head. Uh, you want to shout out some honorable mentions? Yeah, I will say in the same vein as Love Lies Bleeding. Um, but I don't know if this is going to come out this month. But Lynn Ramsey is going to be adapting Die My Love. There's no mm. release date, uh, but I think that sounds... I love Lynn Ramsey, so I okay. think that sounds very exciting. Some other big ones. Um, Alien Romulus. Hell yeah, Romulus, baby. In August. Um, I'm re- It could be bad. You know, Alien movies don't always go uh, the way we want them to, but Fede Alvarez directed Evil Dead 2013, um, one of my favorite horror movies ever. And Don't Breathe. This is Don't Breathe. And Don't Breathe. Yeah. Well... Yeah, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Fede Alvarez, uh, rip to, um, why can't I think of the District 9 guy? Oh, Neil Blomkamp? <laughs> rip Neil Blomkamp, didn't get the Alien <laughs> franchise. Oh, that's right. Because <laughs> he made like fucking uh, Chappie. I always think like, of no, him. <laughs> You're like, uh, actually, <laughs> what's Fede Alvarez up to? Um, excited for that. Another uh, another uh, big franchise, uh, Gladiator 2. Gladiator 2, yeah. In yeah, November. Yeah. Are you excited for that? Are you a Gladiator fan? 
I'm a Gladiator fan. I'm not like the biggest Gladiator fan, but I like Gladiator. Fair. And uh, uh, yeah, Gladiator yeah. 2 looks like a movie. Drive-away dolls? Drive-away dolls. Yeah, yeah. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's just go through some of the big releases and give a 1 to 10 excitement level for okay. the rest of the year. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. 1 to 10 on Argyle. Negative 1. <laughs> Negative 5. <laughs> However, the bet is still on. The real agent Argyle. <laughs> for those who don't know, over on Patreon. <laughs> no, you can't change your answer. <laughs> I think, Sydney, yeah, Florence Pugh. Sydney I like. and I... We're in Clara. We talked about who we think the the real Agent Argyle is. Sydney said it's Florence Pugh. I initially said Timothy Chalamet, but then I got bullied into to, to saying I that was a dumb that's choice. That's just a silly idea. <laughs> so I have switched it to Channing Tatum. So that is my guess: Channing Tatum versus Sydney's Florence Pugh. That is, uh, Channing Tatum is an interesting pick. I can see it happening. We'll see. see. It happening. We'll see He's what's going Matthew on Vaughn in before. Matthew Vaughn's twisted mind. <laughs> <laughs> twisted mind. What is he of concocting? <laughs> uh, Madam Web. Negative six. He was in the Amazon with my mom when she was researching spiders right before she died. <laughs> right before she died. Um, uh, Sony you have my heart. I will be there day one. I will be there day one. You'll probably um, be there like day negative two whenever the press screening goes yes. on. I will be there, uh, and I will have my popcorn. I might get an icy or something. Um, I will have a blast. Yeah, I'm at a three for the irony. Fair. Yes. <laughs> uh, imaginary. Two. Yeah, I'm at a strong two with that like, one as who well. Cares? Kung Fu Panda four. Four. Uh, six. Okay. Yeah, some people love this this franchise. I like it. I think. A few of them are really good. A few of them, one of them is not very good. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, Arthur the King. <laughs> Have you seen this what trailer yet? What is that? Why is there a dog? <laughs> it's a Mark Wahlberg, like, fucking dog oh, movie. Oh, negative six. Yeah, I'm at, like, a negative eight with that one. Okay. Mark Wahlberg, man. He's floundering a bit. Uh, I don't think he cares anymore, to be honest. Yeah. It seems like he wants... Yeah, Mark Wahlberg <laughs> and Simu Liu, I forgot. Oh, wow. Cursed, <laughs> cursed project. <laughs> You know we're getting uh, Shang Shang Chi two, not this year. Oh, <laughs> on Letterboxd, it says twenty twenty four. It's not happening this year. Not a, it probably won't happen this year. I so is Blade. <laughs> yeah, Blade's happening this year too. Uh, Ghostbusters: Frozen Empire. Honestly, like four. I thought Afterlife was charming, and that's my yeah. Truth. I'm at a four with this okay. one as well. Okay. Uh, Godzilla X Kong: The New Empire. Points for Pink Godzilla, but like three. Oh wow! I'm at a six. Okay, nice. I I'm willing to Adam give Wingard. it a chance. Yeah, I'm there's your a boy. Chance. Challengers. Eight. Eight as well for me. Luca Guadagnino becoming one of my favorite uh, directors. Yeah, we're big. Bo- we're both big um, Bones and All fans. Yeah, I think that he's a really talented director. So I'm excited for that for mm. sure. Uh, <laughs> Civil War. <laughs> Two, three, two or three. <laughs> I saw a Reddit thread about people talking about this movie and someone or a lot of people were convinced that like <clears throat> there's going to be a lot more to this and meets the eye that or at least the hope is that it's not this on the nose movie about like 
the United States political division. Right. And like, well, then it's like the most misleading trailer ever made because that imagine is. Imagine <laughs> if it was that. Imagine if it was, it was that. If there it was, was a... what? Something more? More than that. Someone on the Reddit comments, I don't know who the username is, so sorry to this person, but they said the final scene is is the people fighting against the Statue of Liberty that comes to life. <laughs> 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 and I was that like, well, I would respect. That, that would earn my respect. I would be so excited. But after men, yeah, okay. I right. mean, it could go either way. This is this is make or break for Alex Garland. I think. I think you're right completely on that. Okay. Uh, the oh, fall guy. Honestly, will you seven shoot me for saying seven? Oh, no. okay, okay, no. nice. I think people give Bullet Train sometimes. It's so weird. I sometimes I think people like are like putting it on a pedestal when it needs to be brought down back a little bit. But then some people who are like completely shitting on it and like, well, let's reel it back a bit. I mm-hmm. think it's a it's a fine and dandy good movie. I'm not in love with it, but I think there's things to respect about it. Yeah. And I think the Fall Guy actually looks like it has some juice, some charm. I Ryan Gosling, I think people really need to like understand and i know some people do but i really want to stress the guy is fucking he's funny a comedy genius he is a comedy yeah. genius and him as a lead is infinitely more exciting than like brad pitt as a lead yeah so that's what i, I was gonna say why. is the ryan gosling emily blunt pairing is vastly superior there were some great uh, uh people in the cast of um uh bullet train but not in like the lead correct correct and, and i think pitt is fine in bullet train but Gosling in this, no, but his, I think, is I found very his funny. character. I thought they beat the bit to death. Yeah, uh, they do. They but do. I like kind of the stunt, the stunt performer approach to Fall Guy. I'm excited. I'm excited. I as hope well. it'll be fun. Um, I'm in. I'm in. I'm oh in. God, the Amy Winehouse biopic. Oh, People I don't know about anything this. about this. Sam, not Sam Taylor Johnson. Who's Sam Taylor Johnson? Is, is that-, that Aaron Taylor Johnson's <gasps> no. wife? What? it is okay she was a filmmaker i didn't either wow i don't know anything about this i'm a bit um i don't know what to think i think a lot of people are not excited about this most people are feeling pretty after blonde i'm like traumatized yeah i'm not exactly excited for this as well i want to go with a strong three of all people amy we don't need to do that with amy winehouse yeah we don't uh if the new John Krasinski movie with Ryan Reynolds, Fiona Shaw, Kaylee Fleming, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Steve Carell, Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, Maya Rudolph, Aquafina. Four. I do. I'm at a two. Really? I mean, that cast is kind of selling me on it, but there's so- something about it is annoying me. It's Ryan Reynolds. Yes. I I just I don't get it. I'm so sorry. I don't get it. What the appeal of him? his appeal his comedy appeal i it find has the gone most a little too far excruciating have you seen uh free guy yes your thoughts i mean it was mid it just yeah it's like that brand of humor was funny like when deadpool what, came out we were like oh that's funny but now we need to come up with something different i think i'll just say i think free guy is horrid wow just the epitome of what is wrong with movies these days yeah it is the keys dangling in front of the the child distraction (laughs) type of movie that i find despicable but with if don't you like john krasinski i like krasinski 
I like Krasinski as a director, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah. I think he has an eye for directing. Um, I'm, I just, I don't know. I could see the, I haven't even watched the trailer yet, but I can see that humor being really uh, cumbersome, if I'm being honest. Yeah. So, okay. Not super excited. The Garfield movie. <laughs> why'd you, wait, what does, like, why'd you skip Furiosa? Garfield movie two. Uh, yeah, one. Fucking. Hey everybody, it's me, Chris Pratt. I'm Garfield. <laughs> I like the lasagna. lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Mondays. Wahoo. <laughs> <laughs> Wahoo. Uh, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Um, okay, so I have only seen like the first Planet of the Apes movie with uh, James Franco. Franco. I have to catch up. Rise. I'm at like a six because I know that they're good and people like them. I just haven't caught up. I have officially watched every single Planet of the Apes movie ever. Yeah, that's crazy. I watched all of them leading up you. to the end of the year and watched the last one like on New Year's Day in the morning. Um, There are a couple bad ones, but they're all consistently pretty good. Okay. And the new ones, like the 2000s, the James Franco one is the weakest. The other two. Okay, good to really know because I was like, is this what people are. Uh... No, no, no. That one is <laughs> pretty weak. But the second one and third one, very strong. I'm at a good seven and a half with this one. Dude, I like um, Koba. Is that the. What's oh, the... yeah. That's from, the, that's from. What's uh... the edgy monkey's name? <laughs> it's Koba. It's Koba. Dude, I need to see more of Koba. I yeah, Koba is that, in the second but... one. He's the, he excites me. He's the the big one in the second one. So I think it is really insane that we have a whole franchise that is stretched decades about like monkeys. Well, I I will say as a testament to the power of the original ones, they're all really even the bad ones are still very like interesting. They do a really good job drawing you in and making you interested in the world they occupy. Like mm. I. I really enjoy watching them. Wow. The third one, uh, Escape from the Planet of the Apes, really interesting. Some of them are like a courtroom drama. Some of them are like... What? With like monkeys in court? Didn't yeah, the originals yeah. have like actual guys in suits? All of them, yeah. That's why the, all wow. the practical effects in, the, in like the first four or five. That's insane. All practical. And it looks so cool though. Like all of them are in suits and like I think you would really like them. The first one kicks ass. They're pretty good. They're good. So I'm excited for this. I like when the monkey goes... What a wonderful day! <laughs> so hey, isn't like that, that what he says in Mad Max? Uh, that he says, a lovely day. Oh, lovely, lovely day. day. Yeah, so it's very similar. Uh, ballerina, 1 to 10. Honestly, I hope it's good. I'll say 7. I'll say 6.5. Okay. It's, it's tough, you know? It's tough. It, no no Chaz Tahelski as at the helm. It's yeah. not easy. But I'm sure he's he's playing some parts in advising or of producing. Course. So Keanu Reeves will be there. Yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. I'll say. Uh, bad Boys Four. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen any of the Bad Boys movies. One and two are good, from what okay. I remember. Okay. What about I'm you? Like a three? I don't know. Inside Out two. Four. I'm still yeah. at a four. I'm at a seven. Okay. <laughs> bike riders um sad what happened to this movie very sad i am at like a seven uh seven and a half for me okay nice a quiet place day one three I'll give it a six and a half michael nice. sarnowski directed pig 
I'm a big fan of Pig. Oh, nice. I love Pig. And uh, Cass is the good, so I'm giving a little bit more. more I do credits. like the cast. I just, I'm not super high on A Quiet Place. I don't know. Do we need a third one? This is a prequel, too, so I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Despicable Me 4. Two? One. But, like you know, I know that people love their minions, so I know people will be excited for them. I love them. Uh, Twisters. To nine. Dude. Wait, Dude. what? Are you actually excited? Yes. Oh I love gosh. Twister. Are you kidding me? I didn't me? know this. No, Haven't didn't we talked this. about this? I know that you love Twister. Dude, Twister, my mom um, likes that movie a lot. So growing up, we would watch it a lot. And Love Twister. Yes. Yeah. I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm I'm like a strong eight and a half. I think wow. Lee Isaac Chung is a really, really great director. I've yeah. never seen him direct something like this before. The cast is kind Dude, of bonkers. Can I say something about Glenn Powell? I sure. thought he was a Nepo baby. Oh, is he not? No. Oh, what a badass. He, he, I think he is one of the only people in his generation who I watch him. Like, I just watched Set It Up for the first time. Oh, I and love then I started watching Everybody Wants Some, which he's also in. I'm like, that man is a fucking movie star. He's I don't, a movie star. I don't really feel that way about a lot of other people in that age group right now. Man. Something about him. I'm like, how is he not? I thought he was a Nepo baby because he has that like movie star face and he looks like he's like super rich. Yeah. I mean, he's like shaped like a Greek god. He yeah. has like the perfect face and he's so effortlessly charming. He, you watch he him, does. you're like, he's really good with comedy. He just has a very natural charisma and he's like a genuinely really good actor. Yeah. I mean, I'm stunned. It, it is impressive the level of skill he's delivering like in all of his movies, even in movies yeah. like anyone but you, which I know you don't love. No, but it, he was it, really it's, good. It's not him. That. It's not, it's not him. him. Yeah. It, it's he's, he's really, really good at what yeah, he's doing. He's I'm good. excited for his, his career. Hitman is apparently amazing because uh, of him. So mm. I, I'm really excited that we're going to check that out at Sundance. So yeah. Twisters. Oh my God. When does it come out? July 19th, Dude, I should go to LA again this summer and we can yes. see Twisters. Daisy Edgar Jones, Glenn Powell, Anthony Ramos, Brandon Perea, Mara Tierney. <laughs> Mara Tierney was just an Iron Claw. She was the mom. She was really good in uh -huh. that. Brandon Perea was in Nope. He was great in that. Like this cast is kind of bonkers. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm 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 pumped. That's maybe that should be my top five. Fuck. It was it was on my uh long <laughs> list. <laughs> uh Deadpool three? Zero. Uh three. I don't care. I honestly I'm so three. sorry, everybody. It's I'm not high. trying to be like a snob. I just I just don't care anymore. I just don't care. It's kind of like the same like leaked picture in the desert. I'm like, we do not I'm care. Over it. Oh, yeah, we do not <laughs> care. Uh Sean Levy, I'm sure he's a nice guy. <laughs> Never stop. I, everything I learned about Sean Levy is against my own will. I don't. I don't want to. Free Don't need to know more about Sean Levy. I do like uh, Night at the Museum and uh, Real Steel. I do like Real Steel. I'm not saying I don't like any of his movies, but like I don't like Adam Project. Dude, there's a lot of there's a lot of directors that I feel like used to make good movies, and now they're doing shit like Free Guy, and it's like, what happened? Ryan Reynolds happened. I don't know. Oh my god! Borderlands movie? I don't know. I'm not familiar with Borderlands, mm, but I like five. I, Eli Roth sucks as a person, but I like some of his movies. Yeah, I kind of on that same boat. Good cast. We'll see what they do with that. Cape Blanchett. Um, Craven the Hunter craved millions of dollars. Sony verse. Sony verse. 
I'll be there day negative two. Six. <laughs> I'm at a five. I, you know, it's rated R, so maybe it could be fun. Yeah. True, 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 true. Beetlejuice 2? Um, like five. It's one of those movies I feel like could go either way. Yeah, I'm at a six. I like yeah. Beetlejuice a lot, so I'm ready for that. Yeah. Uh, Transformers 1? Six. I'm at a good six as well. Hmm. Saw 12? Four. Uh, six. Okay. Joker folia adu. Uh, yeah. Um, Joker two. I don't know. I can put put a little accent on it. Um, I know we haven't talked about Joker two yet. Yeah. Uh, seven. I, I'm. You know what? The musical aspect gets me. More yeah, I'm Lady Gaga. Yeah. I'm a bit hopeful. So am I. What are you at then? I'll say six. Okay. I'll also okay. say six. Terrifier three. Seven. Seven seems fair. I'll go with that. Oh. I don't love Terrifier. Fellow Art the Clown stan. Yeah, I'm I'm not in love with (laughs) the franchise, but I'm excited for what they do. Yeah, it's interesting. Venom 3. Four. Two. Oh. Gladiator 2. Eight. Mm, Yeah, eight. Eight's good. Oh, nice. Wicked Part 1. Six. Five. I have wow. no connection to Wicked at all. Really? I yeah. like Wicked. I've loved the soundtrack since I was a kid. I finally saw it live last year oh. in Boston. Um, it's I'm a little skeptical, but I don't know. If it's good, okay. that would be very excited. exciting. Okay. The Karate Kid movie? Honestly, we don't know like anything about this, but seven. You love Karate Kid. I do. Yeah, I'm at a four, but I, that could rise as the time goes on. I feel on. like you would like Karate Kid. Like, I'm surprised you're not a Karate Kid head. I like Karate Kid 1, and I like uh, Karate Kid 1. <laughs> okay, no, that's fair. That's enough. All right. Uh, Lord of the Rings, The War of the Rohirrim animated movie. 7.5. Yeah, I think this is actually a really cool idea. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Okay, I'm agreeing on the 7.5 there. Uh, Mufasa, the Lion King. I don't know. Like, is this, I don't know, four? Three. Oh. So sorry, Barry Jenkins. Three literally just for Barry Jenkins. Barry Jenkins Everything innocent. else. I'm, what are we doing, guys? What are we doing here? Seth Rogen. Man, I'm at the end of my fucking rope with Seth Rogen. I'll tell you what. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Six. Is it a truth. six because uh, you you want Shadow to kiss you? Or yes, <laughs> <laughs> you know me too well. <laughs> okay, I yeah, I'm at a you know all those movies have been at least good. Yes, so I think a six is a very fair. I love assessment. I do love Sonic. I haven't thought the movies were great, but man, that fucking post credit scene, dude, everything uh, yeah. changed after that. <laughs> Everything changed after the Sonic three post Sonic two post credit scene. <laughs> um, Nosferatu we talked about already, and uh, Beyond the Spider Verse. It doesn't happen this it's year, right? It's Not happening this year. No, is the next not. one Blade? No, it's <laughs> oh. It... <laughs> uh, Beverly Hills Cop Axel F is uh, the Netflix movie, which has a date. I thought honestly, but... I just watched the first Beverly Hills Cop for the first time. Uh-huh. I think it's on Netflix. I liked it. It's great. It's really good. Um, Eddie Murphy's so charming. Yes, he was. And so, 
I don't know. But again, it's like it's like the bad boys thing. Do we really think it's going to be good? Yeah. You know, I saw the trailer for this on uh, Netflix the other day and it looked pretty mid. Hmm. It feels like the kind of typical legacy sequel. Let's try to eke out some uh, references from the old ones, get the boomers in here to watch it. And that's good enough for them. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. All right. That's 2024 in kind of a, a quick nutshell. Uh, at this point, I think uh, we should call it an episode. Uh, Night Swim, everybody, is in theaters. <laughs> if you want to go watch it, you can. Uh, Sydney and I will be watching The Beekeeper today. We will likely do an episode on The Beekeeper. Should we do an episode on The Beekeeper and then like an Ayers retrospective? Is that cursed? Oh, my God. That is a little... I don't like David Ayer. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if you want to do I, that. <laughs> I kind of want to watch Bright for the for the second time in my life. Oh, but why? Life is mm. so short. <laughs> okay, you're do right. something different. Maybe we'll watch The Beekeeper. We'll st- <laughs> we're we're going to watch The Beekeeper. Maybe we'll talk about it. We don't know yet. Okay. Um, at any rate, happy 2024 to everybody. We hope you had a wonderful and happy and safe new year. Uh, thank you so much for making 2023 a kind of an insane year for this podcast yeah and we're so excited for 2024 to kick off with uh new episodes and new series and you know new patreon stuff so thank you for being here uh rate and review if you can uh final words sydney um i mean clearly lots of exciting stuff coming out this year um happy new year everyone we love you clean slate it's january let's have a good time so have a good time. All right. Uh, and that being said, we hope everybody has a wonderful day, night, weekend, weekend. Next week, buzz, 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 All right, everybody. Have a great time. Or not great time. Uh, have a great day. We'll see you guys next week. Goodbye, listeners. <laughs>